Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt. With Pastor Dave Keene. Pastor Dave Keene. We are working our way through Acts, and not just any Acts, the Acts of the, the reign of the risen Lord. That's right. Why is that? Well, because in the beginning of Acts, um, uh, Luke writes to Theophilus, uh, in my first book, I wrote that all that Jesus began to do and teach. Hmm. So now that Jesus has risen, right, and now he's reigning in heaven, uh, he is still continuing to act as the risen Lord Jesus. Hmm. So this is the, the acts of the reign of the risen Lord Jesus. Um, this week, you asked the question, are you willing to die? Are you willing to die? Yes. That's a, that's a good way to start, you know, a sermon. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. Are you willing to die? Are you willing to die? But... It was with a little bit of an illustration. Yeah, a little bit of an illustration, right? You know, just show up at church, get asked, are you going to die? You know, just kind of, maybe not the, what you know, people were expecting to hear that morning. Yep. But we don't want to jump right into the sermon because we missed last week. Sorry, everyone. You know, that's, that's on us. Sorry, uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did cover Acts 20, 17 through 38. Last week, Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders um, you told me right out before the sermon, there's something to this text, you know, just a little more weight to it. What, what does that mean? So, um, I said it in the sermon, I said, there's certain things that leave an indelible mark on you mm-hmm. and Acts 20, 17 through 36 has been some of the most important verses in my life mm-hmm. as a pastor. I have preached this sermon Numerous times to prospective pastors like mm-hmm. your spe- yourself, uh, charging them to think about pastoral ministry in a very particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, uh, that passage in particular has just meant a lot to me. But was the first time preaching it in a service? Like a first time preaching it to a congregation, yes. Yeah. How, how was that? Uh, it was good. You know, I think I still leaned heavily on, on trying to apply it to pastors. Well, I mean. Because the, <laughs> the context is pastors. Um but again, I think it made me very thankful uh, for the elders that we have here, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, Paul is maybe the lead leader of leaders. Mm-hmm. I feel that's my role. I'm mm-hmm. a leader among leaders. And my goodness, I'm so grateful for the elders we have at Park who faithfully pay careful attention to themselves and mm-hmm. all the flock whom the Holy Spirit has made them overseers of, mm-hmm. which the Lord Jesus purchased with his own blood. Yeah. That's would you say that's the key verse or the, I mean, great verse of this? Well, I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, so there's two things that you see here. The first half is Paul really kind of talking about his own ministry in, mm-hmm. in Ephesus. And verse 28 is the turn. Here's the command, mm-hmm. right? So based upon what I've taught you, mm-hmm. pay careful attention to, the, to yourself and to the, all the flock, mm-hmm. right? Why? Well, because you have been made overseers, mm-hmm. right? By the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm who purchased this flock, this particular flock, with mm-hmm. his own blood. Yeah, so I, I, there's, it's hard, I'm hard-pressed to find another verse in Scripture that encompasses pastoral ministry more fully than just that one verse. Yeah. It talks about yeah. the preciousness of the sheep. Mm-hmm. The sheep are so precious in God's sight. And my goodness, I've been thinking a lot about the, the quote that I, I quoted in that sermon by Richard Baxter. And he said, you know, I'm willing to die for these sheep, mm-hmm. and you're not willing to go to the next town mm-hmm. or street to visit them. Yeah. Man, there's just been a couple people of late who have started to drift from the body, and I I felt that in mm-hmm. my in, in my in my bones. I have 
my, my Lord has been willing to die, leave heaven, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to leave my home or to pick up my phone mm-hmm. and to check on people who are just next door. Yeah, that's so. good. Uh, so, yeah, first half, Paul's own ministry. and talk, Is there anything there that you, you know, really stuck out to you or you... Because we, we we're trying to do two sermons in one today, sure, guys. Special sure. podcast. Uh, Special times. Uh, was there anything you know overarching? You're like, I want to make sure the church heard this, or this is how that we should apply this text to in our lives this week. Yeah, so I think there's there's big ones that you know examples, right? You know, Paul leans by his own example. So when we're trying to disciple people, mm-hmm. you have to lean by your own example. Meaning you have to be like uh, worth following. You know, so whether you're a parent. Uh, whether you're a discipler, whether you're a coworker, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're trying to to this is the example of how I should live for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that in our day, there's lots of people who kind of prioritize the pulpit, the public preaching ministry, mm-hmm. right? But so much in here, Paul said, I taught you publicly mm-hmm. and house to house. Mm-hmm. I think the true weight of a pastor is the one-on-one pastoral shepherding, teaching God's people mm-hmm. in counseling, teaching God's people in whether it's a membership interview or um, at, a, at a coffee table. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's good. I think personally that text has been very helpful for me because I think, you know, we meet as pastoral staff, we meet as, you have, you have elder meetings, right? You have these things that we talk about, right? How much easier it is to, maybe even for, I don't say younger guy, but I mean really anyone, like to stand behind a pulpit and say something. But then to have someone like across from you one on one to say those various things like, that's where you do you actually have boldness? Do you actually have do you actually believe the things that you believe? And uh, yeah, that's hard. I think even for a pastor, but I mean we even think of as a uh, our friends and our family. There are things that we would say, right? This is truth. But at the dinner table, okay, here it is. There they are. Here's my opportunity. It's like to actually say the things that I know I should be saying. Or, yeah. I mean, fear of man is very real, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's it's less for me. I've always had less fear of man from the pulpit. I am the one who's not going to shrink back. I have to declare mm-hmm. all that the Lord has given me from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, it's so much harder not to shrink back when you're in the presence of someone face-to-face yeah. because you're looking at them and you know the words are going to bite mm-hmm. and the person might bite back in your presence. Yeah, most people are going to respond you know, when you're <laughs> hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you for that. I yeah. appreciate that hard word. Yeah. But as a pastor, you have to keep on giving the hard work. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. Because I mean, if there's one thing to take from, I think, Paul's example here is, that's kind of his, his example is, I did not shrink back. I was bold. And I lived the life that you should model. Yeah. yeah. And I, even like I'm, I'm preaching it, and I made a very strong statement about those who don't join the church. Mm-hmm. I said that um, that... To not join a church that the Holy Spirit has purchased with His own blood, mm-hmm. or like called you to, the Holy Jesus purchased with His own blood, mm-hmm. is like it's either very prideful, saying you don't need what God has designed, mm-hmm. or it's um, uh, foolish. Mm-hmm. You know God has designed it, but you're choosing not to follow it. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, I was, I was, I saw a couple of people in the church that Sunday where I'm like, oh, I think this is really going to offend them. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted in that moment to shrink back. Yeah. And the reason I didn't was because the text says I did not shrink back. So, right. you know, I think there's times when you're always going to be tempted to kind of maybe soften something. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be, you know, uh, offensive for offense sake. Mm-hmm. We want to preach the truth for the care and good of people's souls. Mm. That's good. Um, so the, the change those 28, right? This is 
his now exhortation to the elders kind of turns. 29, though, he kind of says, right, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Yep. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, I mean, something I was kind of observing as you went through this. I do feel like maybe the last few weeks, right, the examples were, before this text, were kind of like the world, right, be careful of the world. But here I think you kind of turn it in of like, be careful because this is a come from among us. Yep. How, how do we balance that of like us against the world, but then at the same time the world's in could be among us? Is that kind of? Yeah, so there's a couple things. One, we're ultimately really not against the world. Mm. We're, we're against the evil forces of darkness in the world. Mm-hmm. We want to win the world. Right. We want to win the world of Christ. We are for the world because God is for the world in the sense that he laid down his life to save the world. Right. Um, John 3.16. John 3.16, right. Um, and yet, we know that the world is not thinking like us. Mm-hmm. It's not going to act like us. So we know where the world stands. Mm-hmm. So there's really no, like, we, we don't have to, con- like, they know where they stand. We stand mm-hmm. over here. We're different. Yeah. The greater challenges are those who claim the name of Christ mm-hmm. and either live contrary or teach things that are contrary. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at Peter's words in Second uh, Peter, right, specifically about false teachers, Jude says the same thing. Mm-hmm. There's this false teaching, and then there's sensuality with those false teachers. Right. There's something about false teachers that try to condone immoral behavior, mm-hmm. right, whether that's abortion uh, or whether that's cohabitation. Mm-hmm. Right? There's something in that. Um, so I think that what Paul's concerned about here is people who are teaching a doctrine, mm-hmm. teaching that does not accord with godliness. Mm-hmm. Read through First Timothy, I think it's in chapter 1, also in chapter 6. There's a teaching that is accord with godliness, and some of that teaching, I think he's referring to morality, mm-hmm. right? how, you're, how, you're supposed to, how you're called to live. Um, so yeah, we're at a church, we have to be wary that any one person can drift into false teaching. Mm-hmm. Right? This is why we don't um, merely trust an elder or a pastor we trust God's word. Mm-hmm. God's word is the final authority in Park Baptist Church, yeah. not the the word of an elder. Mm, that's good. So um, maybe practically, help help me. Right, I'm, I'm a youth pastor. Yep. So um, when I hear uh, something you mentioned in a sermon or right, a couple of weeks ago, application like so LGBTQ plus. Yep. Right. What I'm hearing a lot of though is us against LGBTQ. That's what I'm hearing among evangelical, right? And what I'm what I'm afraid of is implicitly what we're saying is don't look at them, don't talk to them. It's more of like an anger and a fear. Yeah. But it's like like us against them. That's what I'm hearing among the evangelical world. And which my fear is therefore then there's lack of engagement for, you know, winning the world. Also, with the youth in particular, there's a fear and animosity towards them, not a, I need to be careful of this teaching, right? Where that's the kind of thing sure. that doesn't creep in. And that, I think that's what he's saying here in 29. They'll come in among us. What's the thing? As you said, they'll, they come with sin. And so we're kind of so, I guess, afraid maybe? I mean, help me think of the story of these things coming in that we're kind of, let's not even talk about it. It's only in a sense of like, don't talk to them, don't even engage with them? Well, we, we have to be on our guard for the ideas that are coming yeah. in, right? So what is the ideas that are coming in? So mm-hmm. 
because I mean I share this you know example a lot. We're mm -hmm. breathing in the air of the world all the time. Mm -hmm. So we have to okay, what is the ideology that's being pushed in the world all the time? Mm -hmm. You turn on Disney Plus and you're gonna get homosexuality is okay. This is gonna be my application is gonna yeah. because but what I'm hearing is is like Ugh how could they do that? Sure. They're forcing it in our face. But I think implicitly what they then your the children are hearing is I hate LGBTQ plus people. Sure. Not the idea. So how do we distinguish that? I guess more of as a parent of you don't want your kids to be like, don't talk to people, don't look at them. But at the same time, you're protecting your children. Yeah, well, I mean, we're called to love all people, right? right. I mean, even the sermon this past Sunday. Um, uh, was it this past Sunday? <laughs> um, there's a, there's a, there's this is the hard part about doing two sermons in one, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's uh, it's actually in First Thessalonians. Okay, I, he said like you know, I, I pray that you may have um, may abound increase in love for us and for all. Mm. Right. So the prayer that Paul had was that his love, the love of the Thessalonians, would not only be for believers, mm -hmm. but for all people. Right? Yeah. This is why Jesus says, "I have sheep that are not yet in my sheepfold." Mm -hmm. Right. So we don't want to say that we're against LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. Right. We're we're against their ideology. Right. We're against their emphasis. And I think we are against um, maybe um, forced coercion, hmm, right, yeah. into accepting those ideas, right. anything that's contrary to God's word. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there is definitely things that we should be contrary uh, and against. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we never want to be against people, right? right? Because Jesus laid down his life for sinners. Yeah. He called the healthy. He called the, he called the sick. Mm -hmm. So we never want to be against people who are sick. Yeah. We want to give them help. Yeah. You know, the only the only medicine that would, would heal them is, of course, the gospel of Christ. Yeah, I guess this is maybe something I'm seeing right is that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah, and yet I'm afraid we're being taught, you know, not from the pulpit, but just sure. implicitly, right? There's, there's so much of, I guess, a fear of LGBTQ plus that it's like us against them. Yeah, and it's like if, yeah. it seems like it's the very it's the clearest application we can make what's mm -hmm. happening in our culture. Um, but that's a good word. We don't want to even implicitly imply. That you should not befriend or be around people who have differing views, mm -hmm. right? If you're not around sinners and people who have differing sinful views, they're never going to want to come to Christ, mm -hmm. right? We need to love them into Christ mm -hmm. uh, along with sharing the gospel with them. Um, you know, so we never want to do that. We mm -hmm. just want to be careful that the mm -hmm. ideas of the world are, are, are trying to get in, not just to... Um, help us believe, or help, mm -hmm. I should say, they, they want to get in so that we would believe them and, and drift us away from Christ. Mm -hmm. Talking to someone this past week, same issue, growing up in a Christian home, and now they're a teenager, and they're like, what's wrong with LGBTQ+. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm more concerned. What's wrong yeah. with sin, period? Right. Right? That's, that's my main concern. Yeah. Not what's wrong with people. Mm -hmm. right? These people are sinful because we understand this is the way human depravity works. Mm -hmm. So... How do we balance that, brother? That's a good question. Yeah. Right. And if you would think, I mean, anyone listening to this, all five of you, say, hey, the I, I do think the emphasis is leading too far, and it could make people feel that we are against the people struggling with sin. Hmm. Well, then let's make that change. Yeah. Right. Because we all have blind spots. Mm -hmm. So that legitimately could be could be a blind spot that we have. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, not. I mean, once again, it wasn't even something I heard in this sermon. It was just more of Something I guess I'm hearing in the uh, evangelical world is like, I just hear so much disgust towards LGBTQ+. It reminds me of somewhat of, uh, in general, because when I think of LGBTQ+, I think of more of the transgender movement. Sure. 
because the homosexuality and sexual relations has been happening for a little while, and there was that for a while of, you know, people were, seemed like more publicity for homosexuality, and I feel like the Christian world put their walls up a little bit, and so therefore, whenever someone went to engage with someone that about you know coming to Christ and homosexuality, it's like, well, why do Christians give okay passes to this? They don't give passes to. Does that make sense? And sure, sure. That's where I was. So I mean, even when you were you started talking, my first thought is, you need to preach more against self righteousness mm-hmm. because self righteousness as equally as condemning. Yeah. Right. I mean, what did um, uh, Paul say in Galatians? Mm-hmm. Right. He says, "Those of you who preach a different gospel, what's the gospel? The gospel is that you need to be circumcised. You need mm-hmm. to follow the law." And, and and Paul said that is anathema. You should be cursed for believing that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he is like, how, who, how foolish are you that you walk, you were saved by the Spirit, now you're walking in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the self-righteousness is as foolish as licentiousness, mm-hmm. right? Living, you know, with unregard for, right, right. for God. Right. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Um, so anything else to X and one is these, incur- I mean, there's more, right? There's, there's wolves, there's false teachers, and persecution, and anything there at the end of Yeah, I section? think thir- 32 is a great verse for parents. Okay. Um, and now I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Mm. Sometimes, you know, like, I'm just going to give my kids, I'm going to give my church to the Lord. I'm mm. going to commend you that you have God's grace and God's grace that's able to strengthen you and keep you, mm. right? Um, and sometimes we, we doubt the gracious hand of God. Mm. That's good. Um, so now, right, uh, it, it kind of ends, right, with this, I mean, really, twenty he starts hearing about what's going to happen to him on his way to Jerusalem. Yep. We hear this a little bit more, right? Chapter twenty-one, mm-hmm. verses one through sixteen. Um, are you willing to die? Point one: Are you willing to die to the opinion of others? That's so really primarily, you say, verses one through thirteen. There. Yeah, I mean, I think you see you see this pattern where um, Paul is going to Jerusalem, and he know he's going to have to face suffering, and instead of people saying, "Hey, Paul, we know you're going to face suffering. We're with you. We're in your corner." Mm-hmm. You have the strength to endure this. They say, Paul, don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's sometimes, you know, this has happened to me in my own life, where I feel like the Lord has called me to do a very hard thing. Mm-hmm. And the people who are closest to me say, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you should do that? Um, so mm-hmm. I think that there's a, a, a very, people who love us, well-meaning, mm-hmm. often try to discourage us mm-hmm. to do what God's calling us to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember I was uh, 24, 23, sitting in a, in a house with someone and talking about how um, Christians were going to um, Afghanistan to share the gospel with mm. people. And the guy said, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they go to Afghanistan to try to convince Muslims to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the only way. Yeah, It doesn't make logical sense mm-hmm. right? they leave fa- home and family mm-hmm. to, to go to a foreign land for the sake of the gospel if the gospel wasn't true. Mm. But the gospel is true, therefore it makes perfect sense. Yeah, right. that's good. Yeah, I think if I heard Piper say, right, does, does your life make sense to non-believers? And that's kind of, what Paul's doing doesn't make sense, right? Everyone's testifying to what, the Holy Spirit himself is testifying what's coming. That doesn't mean he shouldn't do it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was hard, I was trying to balance, thread this needle. Mm-hmm. You should listen to counsel, right? You should listen to people in your life, right? right? Um, but the people who have, are going against the clear direction of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, again, most of the time, um, like the church community is going to affirm that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think Paul had a very special relationship with God, mm-hmm. um, and he was set apart for that, that purpose. So yeah. I, I think that we got to be careful, you mm-hmm. know, like you know. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I was thinking about Adam Judson, mm-hmm. right? And um, 
reading about the story that he, he the letter he wrote to his, uh, his, his Nancy, his first wife's mm-hmm. uh, father, just saying, are you ready to pretty much let your daughter go with me, never to see her again, mm-hmm. to go to the heathens who need Christ? Mm-hmm. And someone replied, one of uh, his friends said, if that was my daughter, I would tie my daughter to the bedpost and never let her go, mm-hmm. right? But being the gracious man that he was, he didn't deter her. He said, sweetie, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay here. But you have my blessing. Mm. And her, her mother said, you have my blessing. Mm. And, and she said, I feel convicted by the power of God and by his grace to go to the heathen. Mm. Whether or not it's for just to be with Adoniram, no, I, I am convinced to go because it's, it's my duty. Yeah. Um, so that's moving stuff. That's powerful. That's yeah. moving stuff, you know, and... And they went, and Nancy would give her life on the mission field, mm-hmm. right, never to return. Her, yeah. her parents didn't see her again in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and your second point, right, are you willing to die for the will of the Lord? Right, it's kind of where the opinions and analysis, but they both are pretty much very similar. Right? Are you willing to, have you count the cost of what it means to follow the Lord? Yeah. If, if he means, you know, right, uh, end of John, right, Peter, one day, you know, you're going to have your hands stretched, yeah. you're going to die. What about this man? It's like, now you follow me. Yeah. Christ may call one of us to die one day, you know, and are you willing? Um, is there any application or things we should think through more of this? Because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, see, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think, being honest, guys, are, the Lord's will is the Lord's will. Mm-hmm. He's going to decide what is best and right and good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I talked to a lady on Sunday, and she said her daughter is 30 years old and has a crippling condition, mm-hmm. right? And she said, you know, I believe and trust in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. Right. You know, some people want children and they're not able. Some people want to get married and they have not yet to find a spouse. Mm-hmm. Some people have chronic pain, right, that they live with day in and day mm-hmm. out. Some people are going to be called to go to the nations, mm-hmm. right? Some people are going to be called to stay because of family that can't make them go to the nations, mm-hmm. even though they want to. You know, again, what is the Lord's will, mm-hmm. right? If it's the Lord's will, it's the Lord's will, yeah. right? And He knows what's best and He knows what's right. In the end, He will show why it's right, why it's good, why it's. Uh, exactly the way he determined. Right. Um, so yeah, just trust the Lord's will. I mean, Paul would go to Jerusalem and he would die. He would lose his head, right? And there'd be many other saints. Why did that happen to Job? Mm-hmm. Why did that happen to Peter? Why did that happen to uh, to John being mm-hmm. put on an island, being isolated away from family and friends? It's the Lord's will. It's yeah. the Lord's will. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we went through First John, you know, a while back. And I think something that really stuck out to me from that, though, it really was coming on mind as you're going through this, because that we had a conversation, and you, it's in the text, you very clearly said, like, the Lord's commands are not burdensome. That's kind of been sticking with me ever since you preached that text, and right, it's Amen. Christ, right, the the reign of the risen Lord. He wants Paul to go here, even though it means suffering. His commands are not burdensome, right? God does not stop being good when times and circumstances become hard. It's yeah, and sometimes God says, you know, listen, we we're gonna put you through difficulty Mm -hmm. for the sake of your own soul Mm -hmm. and for the sake of my name because I know that you can handle it Mm -hmm. um, and I know this is going to help you become closer to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Why this person and not that person? Again, God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Let's just trust the will of the Lord. Yeah, but there's something there, right, of um, when we suffer and we're persecuted, right, I say the the martyrs were the, you know, the, the, was it fertilizer for the early church? Kind of essentially, yeah. you know, um, that's you, you're testifying to the world that Christ is better than the world, because in this world all you see is 
difficulty and suffering, and yet we have joy and we are content. Yeah. We're a witness yeah. to the world that yeah. there's something better outside this yeah. world. My daughter reminded me of that just this past week. It says, you know, she, Dad, what's that verse of when Paul says we'd be if it wasn't for the resurrection, we should be pitied. Mm-hmm. You know, First Corinthians fifteen. Yeah. If it, if Christ was not raised, we should be pitied. Mm-hmm. But Christ was raised, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. therefore, we shall be raised too. But how does that happen? If we suffer yeah. in a death like this, yeah. we will most surely be have a resurrection like, like this. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Romans six five. Amen. Uh, would you pray us up, really? Uh, Father, we thank you for your word, how it refines and trains us. We pray, God, that we would uh, keep a close watch on ourselves um, and on all the flock which you have given us to, to be covenant together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray, God, and that when whatever you call us to do, that we'd be willing and ready, not only to be in prison, but if it be your will, even to die for your namesake. Uh, give us the bold courage by the Spirit to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.